This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 69 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast and our Labor Day special. Vincent Hayworth was born in 1906 and was a pioneering radio announcer in the 1920s. He was known for playing Fred Andrews on Archie Andrews and Jack Arnold in Mert and Marge, but was perhaps best known for his brief role as Mr. Roberts in It's Higginster, the short-lived but hilarious radio sitcom about an American family that inherits an English butler from their distant English relative. The cast also included Harry McNaughton as Higgins, Peggy Allenby as Mrs. Roberts, and others. Hayworth was one of the actors who founded AFRA, the union representing radio and television artists, of which he was also the president from 1951 to 1954. He performed extensively on television in the 1950s, and such programs as Gunsmoke, Perry Mason, Dennis the Menace, Ripcord, and Petticoat Junction, among many others. He died in 1970 of a heart attack shortly after completing his recurring role as General Schaefer in I Dream of Jeannie, age 63. The Alan Young Show started in 1944 as a summer replacement on NBC Radio, then moved to ABC Radio, then back to NBC Radio. It moved to television in 1950 on CBS, went on hiatus in 1952, then returned in 1953 after changing formats from a variety comedy sketch to a traditional sitcom, where Alan Young played a bank teller with Don Adams as his girlfriend and Milville Faber as his son. The show was canceled at the end of the season. Young went on to bigger TV fame as Wilbur Post in Mr. Ed, and later in the 70s and 80s as a prolific voice actor for animations in Disney films and TV shows, such as Scrooge McDuck, Mickey Mouse, and many others. He died in 2016, aged 96. Now sit back and enjoy the July 31, 1951 broadcast of It's Higgins, Sir, and the November 6, 1945 broadcast of The Alan Young Show. There's no mister. It's Higgins, sir. The National Broadcasting Company presents a new comedy series, It's Higgins, sir. Created and transcribed by Paul Harrison and starring Harry McNaughton as Higgins. The first ray of the morning sun is peeping over the far shore of Lake Patatuki. It glides over the glistening white beach in front of the Roberts cabin. Finally, it arrives at the shaded window of the bedroom. It hesitates, then finds a crack where the shade doesn't quite meet the windowsill. It shoots happily into the dark bedroom of the sleeping Mr. and Mrs. Roberts. It runs over the floor to the foot of their bed, runs quickly up the bed, over the rumpled blanket, to the chin of Mr. Roberts. Up, over the chin, across his nose, and... Right in his eye. Uh, what was what was that? 
Who hit me? Oh. Oh, the sun. What time is it? Oh, 5.30. Just pull this shade down and go back to bed. Good night, sweet prince. What was that? Oh, the shade. Uh, Any more of that and I'll be awake. Hey, Debbie, the sun's up. Look, come on, hurry. Today's the day we eat lunch in the woods. Quiet, you'll wake up mother and dad. Oh, what's the use? Please, Philip, you're waking me up. I'm waking you up. Yes, you keep getting up and down, dear. Oh. Hey, Mom, where's the potatoes? Me and Debbie are going to bake potatoes for lunch. Yeah, and fry bacon. I know this is a losing battle, but don't you think it's a little early to get up? Uh-huh. Gee, the sun's up. Who can sleep? Watch. <laughs> Philip, maybe we'd better get up, dear. Oh, uh, uh, who is it? It's Higgins, sir. Are you up to? Yes, sir. But I keep hoping it's only a bad dream. What is the matter with this family? We're on vacation. Do we have to get up at the crack of dawn? If you'll pardon me, sir, but it seems that today the dawn came up like thunder. Yes. Well, I suppose we'll have to make the best of it. Then we are going to stay awake, sir. With the greatest of difficulty. Then as Master Thomas so frequently says, Oh, my aching back. Coffee. I say more coffee, Mr. Roberts. Philip. Mother, Daddy's asleep. Amazing. Imagine being able to sleep with that bowl of cereal popping and cracking in his face. (laughs) Gee, he's asleep and still chewing. Philip, dear. Philip. Hmm? 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 Oh, oh, yes, yes. What time is it, We are eating breakfast, dear, and you fell asleep. Huh? Oh. Oh, now I remember. Higgins, give me some coffee. Look at Higgins. Now he's asleep. Hey, he's better than you, Pop. He's sleeping standing up. (laughs) Higgins. Higgins? Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll have some more coffee, huh? Uh, Yes, sir. I'll go right out and get it. You've got the pot in your hand. (laughs) Have I? Oh, so I have. Oh, I say, what foresight. (laughs) <laughs> Here you are, sir Oh, say, Mother Pudgy is coming over to take me for a boat ride That sounds nice, dear Pudgy? When did he get up here? The almond trout came up yesterday afternoon Oh, and he has a boat this summer? Oh, no, no It used to be so nice with him way over on the other side of the lake It's a beautiful boat with an outboard motor and everything Oh, fine Say, your Mom, Debbie and I better get started It's getting late Oh, quite, Master Thomas. It's almost 6.30 a.m. Is this the day you and Debbie camp out and cook your own lunch? Yeah, and we got everything all planned. Well, just be careful you don't get lost in the woods. Oh, we'll be careful. I'm going to take my hatchet and blaze a trail. And we're going to take a compass. Say, Higgins, could you help us finish packing our knapsacks? I'd be delighted. And if I do say so myself, I pack a very tidy knapsack. Which way? Out on the porch. Come on, Debbie. Here we are. Look at all this stuff. What, are we running a rummage sale? Oh, there's not much stuff. Hatchet, waterproof matches, bacon, canteen, our ponchos. Poncho? What on earth is a poncho? 
Please, you stick your head right through that hole. My word, they look like raincoats for short telephone poles. <laughs> oh, no, you, you use them for raincoats or to sit on. Lots of things. We thought of everything. I even got my bottles and chloroform to collect bugs. And I've got my snake skinning knife. What's that? Oh, that's for skinning snakes. Skinning snakes? My word, do the snakes stand still long enough for that sort of thing? <laughs> I'm all ready, Tommy. Okay, Debbie. Well, goodbye, Mom. We'll see you before dinner tonight. Bye, Mommy. Don't hide too far. And we won't. Oh, fine. Fine. Everybody's gone. I'm going back to bed. Good night, Elizabeth. Oh, wait a minute, dear. Hmm? First, we need firewood. There's not a bit for the cook stove. Chop firewood. Today? The way I feel... Let's just burn the furniture. <laughs> Allow me to help you, sir. Help me in chopping wood? No, sir, in burning furniture. <laughs> and be sure you get dry wood this time, dear. Remember last summer when you brought green wood? Yes, yes, I remember. All those Platatuki Indians came over, claimed the chimney was sending up smoke signals, calling them out on the war path. <laughs> Indians war pouts, sir? You mean they came over here looking for those those scout things? No, no, Higgins, but they did sell us a cord of dry firewood. Uh, come on, Higgins, let's get the axe and the saw. Well, right you are, sir. My word, Indians, scouts. Oh, pardon me, sir, I must get my derby. <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir, but just what type of tree are we looking for, sir? We've passed literally thousands of them. Well, they were all alive. I want a dead one. They make better firewood. Uh, ah, uh, there's, there's a good one. Ah, yes. Why, oh, say, that seems to be quite dead. Yes. Look, a vulture is pecking at it. That is a red-headed woodpecker. <laughs> yes, yes, this tree looks fine, uh, now, I'll uh, make my first cut right here and make the tree fall in that direction. It won't break any young trees that way. Oh, I say you're awfully clever, sir. Fancy knowing which way a tree will fall. Oh, what is it? Look over there, on that tree stump. Yeah. Oh, boy, what a big toad. Let's catch him and take him home. Mom says they give us warts. That's silly. Toads don't give warts to people. Toads only give warts to other toads. <laughs> I'll catch him. You got him, you got him. Oh, boy, he's a beauty. I'll, I'll stick him in my knapsack. Oh, Tommy, look. The swellest centipede. Boy, look at all those legs. Hey, Mom and Pop are sure lucky they have us for children instead of centipedes. What do you mean? Imagine buying shoes for those. A hundred legs each. I'll get my chloroform bottle. I want him for my collection. Hey, look right over there. A great big king snake. Boy, is he a darb. Let's camp here. Toads and centipedes and snakes. Isn't it just beautiful? <laughs> it's a perfect place to camp. Yeah. I'll start looking for firewood for the campfire. What was that? Gee, who knows? Hit the dirt on the ground, quick. On your stomach. Okay. 
flat. Hmm. I can't. Fleas and twigs tickle my stomach. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to crawl up like this and see what that was. Can I crawl up with you? Okay, but keep your head down. And keep that down, too. <laughs> The tree's just about ready to fall. Uh, now, Higgins, you stay right over there where it's safe. Over here, sir? That's right. The tree will fall in the opposite direction from where you are. I have absolute confidence in you, Mr. Roberts. <laughs> well, there it goes. Starting down, sir? Yeah, that did it. I'll get over there next to you. Sir? Yes? The tree... Is it possible for it to lean this way before it falls the other way? <laughs> Probably an optical illusion. It, it can't fall this way. I have absolute confidence in you, Mr. Roberts. Higgins, it is falling this way. I'll stand my ground, sir. Come on, Higgins. Don't have so much confidence in me. word. We were almost killed by an optical illusion. <laughs> Higgins. Yes, sir. Do you hear anything? I hear a little humming sound, sir. I think it's a ringing in our ears from the crash of the tree. Oh, perhaps. sure, sure. That's it. Uh, Mr. Roberts. Yes? That buzzing sound is not a ringing in our ears. Huh? Oh. No. Oh. Bees. Bees. Bees in that tree. It was yes. hollow. Yes, sir. Let's get out of here. Yes, sir. Ouch. One of them stabbed. Out of my way. Oh! Oh! Mancho pordo. Gramanta. Look, Pop, I don't remember that stuff. Surgeon Lazy. Forget language of his people. Forget he is a Platatuki. Forget he Indian. That's another thing, Pop. Don't call me Sturgeon. <laughs> Your name is Kramanta. All right, Pop. And in English, that's Sturgeon. But at college, everybody called me Joe. I like to be called Joe. I, your father, Chief Sunfish. Your name, Sturgeon. Okay, Pop. Sturgeon it is. But I sure get sick of those caviar jokes. How's the fire coming? Your father make good fire. Maybe. But from all that smoke I see, somebody stuck in some green wood. Never mind fire. Son could learn much of old Indian way. This year, I make you true Indian. What's that? Maybe fox. Curious fox. We set old Indian snare for him. <laughs> Two foxes, Pop. You let go of me. Yes, Come on. You let go of him. Oh, children. Uh, they sneak up close. We do not hear. Uh, me feel like cigar store Indian. <laughs> Hiya, Chief Sunfish. We were sneaking up on you the way the Indians used to do. Oh, you know old Indian ways? He sure does. Tommy's a swell scout. Better than Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Do not mention his name. <laughs> he is sworn enemy of Katatuki tribe. Oh, gee whiz, Daniel Boone is dead. Good. Always say he comes to bad end. 
Dad needs someone like you around, Tommy. He gets pretty mad at me for not being more interested in, in being an Indian. Oh, we'll teach you. Me and Tommy read some books about the plot of Cookie Indians. Okay, Debbie, I'll drop around and you and Tommy can give me all the dope. My son is college man. He have diploma. He learned very slow. Took four years. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry, Chief Sunfish. Surgeon will know all about Indians when we're through. Good. Hey, look at your campfire. It's going out. Gee, some dope stuck green wood in it. Who did that? Uh, like you say, some dope. <laughs> Gee, a campfire and real Indians. Let's find some red platitude clay and paint our faces and do a war dance. Oh, uh, little squaw smart. Want Indian things, huh? Hey, here's some of that red clay, the kind the platitudes used to use. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. That's called maroba. And here's a swell log. Listen. Oh, the drum calls. Sturgeon, the old days return to this misty eyes. The young children please me. Let us dance together once again as red men... Oh, Pop, how square can you get? You, you, our son, you do what I say. We dance. How the... Are the bees still following us here, uh, I, 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 I don't think so, sir. Oh. I haven't been bitten in the last 200 yards. Oh. Oh. Well, we we got to get some mud on these bee stings. Yes. I, I think with this do, sir, it, 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 it's red, but cool and moist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, Higgins, that feels wonderful on my face. Oh, mine too, sir. It's delightful. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hagen, <laughs> do you look silly? <laughs> like a plate full of melted strawberry ice cream. <laughs> really, sir? I sound delicious. Hey, <laughs> see, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I think I recognize this part of the woods. Uh, the cabin is that way. No. It's that way. I believe it's that way, sir. No, no, no. No, it's that way. Hagen. Sir? We're lost. Lost, sir? But that's impossible. I have absolute confidence in you, sir. Uh, yes, yes. Well, to be perfectly frank, I know exactly where we are. It's just I don't know what's happened to the cabin. Well, there, there you are, sir. You see, cabins are so unreliable. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I've, I've got it. A tree. A tree, Higgins. A yes. tree with moss on it. Uh, find me a tree with moss on it. Tree with moss. Yes, just a moss. Oh, here's a dandy, sir. Oh, good, good. Let me see it. Oh, oh it's a crackerjack. There's moss all around it. Hmm, well, that one won't help. I need one with moss on only one side. That will tell the direction. What direction, sir? Huh? Yes, your direction. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. North? No, south. West, sir? East? Shall we go around again, sir? <laughs> uh, never mind the tree. I've, I've got it, Higgins. Pudgy. My word, does moss grow on him, sir? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but that motorboat of his is, is, is the solution. We, we'll hear it when he starts it up. Then, presto, there's the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yes, sir. Now, why didn't I think of that, sir? <laughs> because you have absolute confidence in me. I do, sir. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> Now, Pudgy. Gee, I wanted to get an early start and work on my tan. Pudgy, you're sure there's plenty of gas? Well, for goodness sake, what's the matter down here? Mother, the motor won't start. Well, when you get it started, see if you can find Higgins and your father. They haven't come back and I'm worried. He's been out all this time. Pudgy, are you sure you have enough gasoline? Pudgy, don't just stand there with your mouth open. Say something. <laughs> that pudgy. I think he's too dumb to start an outboard motor. He's probably out of gas. Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts, did you did you hear something, sir? Yeah, yeah, yes. What was it? Could that be from the cabin, sir? I hope. Oh, no. Don't be silly. The children are camping in the woods. Sounds rather like the Indian raids I've seen in the cinema. In Indians? Indians. Indians? Oh, Mr. Roberts, no. Oh, Higgins, those platitukis are meek and mild. I, you, just in case, we better be quiet, huh? Yes. At least till we see who it is. Yes. Certainly sounds like Indians. Indians? Well, Indians won't hurt you in this day and age. Yes. But suppose one of them is living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Why, I see them, sir. My word. Look at the way they're dancing up and down. Yes, seems like a, a war dance. War dance? Oh, I'm leaving. Oh, stop it. You can't leave me. You don't need me, sir. You said it was a war dance. I can't even waltz. Uh, <laughs> I see what you mean. We, we'll just leave quiet. Uh, yes, sir, yes. Watch out for snakes, Higgins. Oh, don't worry, sir. My feet aren't even touching the ground. <laughs> hey, Mom, it's us. Put the knapsacks here, Debbie. Okay. Well, I'm certainly glad you two are back. Dinner will be ready in about half an hour. Oh. Oh, dear. Is that stuff on your faces? War paint. And Debbie and me were with Chief Sunfish and his son Sturgeon. We had lots of fun. Did you see your father and Higgins? No, aren't they back yet? No, and I'm worried to death. Gosh, maybe they're lost. Pop! Lost? Oh, Tommy, you're silly. I bet they are. <laughs> Mother, Mother Pudgy finally found out what was wrong with the motor. He took it all apart, and now he's putting it back together again. Well, it's a good thing he's so mechanical. What was the matter? He was out of gas. <laughs> well, I hope he gets it fixed and gets home soon. Mrs. Armentrout will be worried. Say, Mama, I got an idea. Chief Sunfish and Sturgeon are camped about a mile away, and if Pop and Higgins are lost, maybe they can help find them. But that's a fine idea. They're Indians. They'll know just how to find them. I'll go right now and ask them. I'll see you soon. Chief, I wonder where Pop and Higgins are. <laughs>
Would you care for another helping of wild strawberries, sir? No, thank you, Higgins. I've had enough. Besides, I get strawberry rash. Oh, my word, you will be an interesting sight. <laughs> Bee stings, mosquito bites, poison ivy, and now strawberry rash. Rather colorful, I'd say. Yes, Technicolor Epic, starring Philip Roberts in The Big Scratch. Oh, yes. By the way, sir, you know, I had no idea it was so dark in the woods at night. Huh? Dear me, that owl sounded as though it was standing right on my shoulder. I beg your pardon, sir, but it is standing on your shoulder. What? <laughs> Get it off. Oh, dear, sir, I say it flew away. That might have been the same owl that hoots every night outside the cabin. Perhaps we could uh, follow it. Follow it? How do you propose to follow an owl? Well, sir, I might try making a sound like a very attractive uh, female owl. Woo! Woo! Oh, he likes me, sir. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What, 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 what was that? Perhaps it was the owl returning, sir. No. Not unless he found a friend in their walking home. There are those two men. No stop till we find them. Well, now's your chance to show me what a great hunter you are, Pop. You go this way. I go that. Track them in traps. Shh. The Indians. I think they've gone, sir. Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts, I can't hear you breathing, sir. I was holding my breath. <laughs> you know something? Those savages are going to trap us. Yes, yes. Oh, the whole thing is crazy. Why, those Indians have never harmed a fly, Higgins. Naturally not. Flies have very small scalps. <laughs> they, were, they were tracking us down. Yes, sir. Oh, this is the nuttiest thing I ever heard of. Why, I'll write my congressman. Listen. The boat. Pudgy got it started. <laughs> Let's go. I hear the boat, sir, but it occurs to me. How, how do we know it's Pudgy's? There's only one thing to do, Higgins. Now, you stay here and I'll follow the boat. If yes. I'm not back in an hour, that means it was Pudgy and you can follow me. <laughs> but how... Mr. Roberts, how will I be able to follow you, sir, through the forest? Uh, I'll do what Tommy does, Higgins. I'll leave a trail with my axe on the side of the tree. Now, you, you, you just sit tight. Very good, sir. Sit tight, he says. If I sat any tighter, my eyeballs would pop out. <laughs> my word, an English butler lost in an American jungle. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, it's terrible. How did it happen? How? I don't know how. <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to, uh... Thank you, I must be nervous. Thought I heard a voice. Oh. I don't know how. <laughs> oh, there I go again. Oh, of course I know what it is. It's the owl coming back from his walk. Oh. That's strange. I thought owls went who? Owls go who? I go how? Well, of course, Indians. Me, cheap sunfish. Ratatouki tribe. What tribe you? Tribe? Oh, yes, well, of course, tribe, yes. Oh, of course, the tribe, yes. What you name? Name? Name, oh, yes, name. <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> what? Me no here. Speak larger. Speak larger? <laughs> Extraordinary. My name is Roberts. Mr. Roberts. My name is Mr. Roberts. 
My name is... Mr. Roberts! Silence! Was I speaking too loudly? Sorry, I hadn't noticed. You have strange accents. Wear strange clothes. Where are you from? Inquisitive soul, aren't you? Well, I came from a land far away across the sea. Across the sea? Yes. From the land of many hills? From the land of one hill, Churchill. <laughs> you, uh, you wear a strange black headdress, like upside-down spittoon. <laughs> this, uh, this derby, this derby you're referring to came with me from England. Ah, England seems like another world. Oh, you come from another world. I know you are from spirit world. I could say in Indian law. You have come to punish me for leaving ways of my fathers. Oh, evil spirit, forgive poor Indian. I, I, I say, old man, get up off your knees. I mean, that's no way for a grown man to act. Oh, evil spirit, I'd do anything you say. Amra tagu, matamagu, ramutaragu, gu, gu. Good heavens, a man of his age. Baby talk. <laughs> Philip, really, Indians on the war path. But I tell you, Elizabeth, they had on war paint and they were doing war dances. Uh, uh, Higgins doesn't get here soon. I, I, I'd better call the state militia. I, I'd barely escape with my life. Indians, Pop? Yes, Tommy, I'm glad you and Debbie are safe. Those platitudes are up to no good. Well, that must have been Chief Sunfish. Debbie and I talked them into showing us the old war dances. What? Sure, and I painted everyone with war paint. Then they weren't really on the war path? Nah, we were just playing. Oh, well, we saw them later. They, they were going to track us down. Tommy asked them to help look for you and Higgins. Higgins? Oh, good grief, I forgot all about him. <laughs> Can you just imagine Higgins coming face to face with the chief? <laughs> and Higgins not knowing the chief was only playing games? Phyllis, <laughs> you didn't know the chief was only playing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, of course I did. I was just having some fun with Higgins. I. Father, Father uh, look over there, coming out of the woods. Where? Over there. It's an animal. It's a camel. It's an Indian. It's Higgins, sir. <laughs> it's Higgins, and the chief is carrying him on his shoulder. Well, if you don't think he's hurt. I say, Mr. Roberts, are you there? Higgins, are you all right? Yes. No worse than when I left you, sir. Now, if you'll pardon me, I'll get down off this walking totem pole. Uga Gamguga Ra. Amar Gigra. Shirio. Hip, hip. Thanks for the lift. Cheerio. Higgins, what does all this mean? He insisted on carrying me on his back to do penance for his sins, sir. He thinks I'm an evil spirit from another world. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes. And he thinks my name is Chief Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-T-T. Well, what does that mean? I haven't the faintest idea, sir, but it's so catchy. <laughs> this has been It's Higgins, Sir, a new comedy series starring Harry McNaughton with Vera Allen. Charles Neville, Norma Jane Marlowe, Ethel Owen, and Bob Hay. It's Higgins, sir, was directed and transcribed by Paul Harrison. 
and written by Paul Harrison and Rick Buller. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mr. Young! Mr. Young! Here we go again, you bet you! Yes, here we go again, it's Alan Young, very deep in trouble. And as usual, we gotta dig him out. Listen to that young man who tries to be helpful and always needs help himself, Alan Young! Well, Betty, did you enjoy that movie tonight? Oh, yes. Cary Grant is so romantic. Alan, I wonder if you could kiss like he does. Go ahead, kiss me. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, go ahead, kiss me. It, it isn't anything. No, I don't want to. Go on, it isn't anything. Well, okay. There. You're right, it isn't anything. <laughs> well, that gives you an idea of what happens to Alan in tonight's story, which you'll hear in just a moment. It is late evening, and Alan has just returned from the movies with his girl, Betty Dittenfeffer. As we look in on them now, they're in the Dittenfeffer parlor, and the only light in the room is the soft glow from the blazing logs and the open fireplace. Alan, isn't it heavenly here? Yeah. Uh... The logs blazing, 
Me sitting here knitting, you standing in front of the fire, smoking. Smoking? <laughs> I must be standing too close to the fire. <laughs> Alan, hmm? come and sit down beside me on this bearskin rug. All right. Uh, <laughs> Alan, I... I just noticed. Why does this bearskin have such a stupid expression on his face? He must have been stupid. He wouldn't be lying here in front of the fireplace. <laughs> Gee, Alan, I keep thinking about that movie we saw tonight. Mm. Wasn't Cary Grant wonderful? Remember that scene where he took his girl to that fancy French nightclub? Yeah, boy, was he sophisticated. When the beautiful foreign spy dropped her olive to attract his attention, he didn't just kick it under the table. He bent down, picked up the olive, handed it to her. She said, merci beaucoup, which means don't bother to wipe it off. you take me to a nightclub sometimes? You know, a girl likes dancing. Why didn't you tell me you like dancing? Why, last night when I took you to that fancy restaurant, they had music. We could have put down our trays and danced. <laughs> I mean a real nightclub, Alan. I can't afford it, Betty. I haven't built up my sign painting business yet. Nightclub costs so much money. There's hat check charges, cover charges, tips for the waiters, a la carte meals... Why, an evening there can run into two or three dollars. Oh, Alan, Cary Grant didn't worry about money in the picture. He was so wonderful. Wonderful. Betty, if you want to look closely, you'll see that I'm a perfect double for Cary Grant. He's got such... He's got such nice, dark hair. I got blonde hair. He's six feet two. I'm five foot ten. He weighs 190. I weigh 130. <laughs> then how does that make you and Carrie perfect doubles? It's easy. Take away his physique and his good looks, and what do you got? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Why, Alan, I think you're jealous. Jealous? Who's jealous? <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Grant. I spend 80 cents for movies, 10 cents for caramels. What does she talk about? Cary Grant. From now on, Betty sees nothing but Lassie pictures. <laughs> I'm as good-looking as Lassie any day. <laughs> you know? Oh, hello, Betty. Hello, Alan. Hello, Father. Say, what's going on here? Why are you two sitting so far apart? Ask Alan. Alan, why are you two sitting so far apart? Ask Cary Grant. <laughs> took her to see one of his movies, and that's all she talks about. Alan, I know just how it is. I had the same trouble when I was courting Mrs. Dittenfeather. You did? Yes. Why, to this very day, we don't mention the name of William S. Hart around here. <laughs> Daddy, did you and Hubert Updike have a nice time at the lodge meeting? Yes. I taught Hubert how to play poker. Won $14 from him. He'll be right in. I left him outside parking the car. That's all I need to make my evening complete. Another one of your boyfriends... Cary Grant, that rich Hubert Updike. Hello, Betty. I'm here. I'm here. Come gather me in your arms. <laughs> oh, cheerio, Alan. I understand you took Betty to see a picture with Cory Grant. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was a double feature. I also saw Walter Pugin. <laughs> 
Curry Grunt. <laughs> you know, Hubert, it just occurred to me. You could almost double for Cary Grant. Face me. Hmm. Your nose is a slight obstacle. What do you think, Papa? <laughs> well, your chin is a slight obstacle. Uh, turn around. Now we come to a big obstacle. <laughs> Hubert, have you ever thought of going into the movies? Oh, indeed, indeed. I was offered a part in a very big picture. Oh, which one was that? Uh, that new one. Our vines have tender avocados. <laughs> oh, that was a witty one. Hubert, uh, these two have had a little quarrel. Uh, suppose we leave them alone while you and I <laughs> play some more poker. Oh, goody, I love that game. It's so expensive. <laughs> well, let's go into the study, my pocket-sized national bank. All right, and, and do explain to me why I paid a $5 fine for just getting those four aces. <laughs> Well, you see, Hubert, it's very simple. It's just... Well, Betty, I, I guess I'll be going home. I have a big day tomorrow at my sign shop, and besides, I imagine you want to be alone with your memories of a certain movie actor. I think it's silly of you to be jealous of Cary Grant because, well... Well, you see, Cary is the kind of a man a girl dreams of getting. You're the kind she gets. <laughs> that, that does it. You'll be sorry, Betty. I'm, I'm leaving you now. Just wait till they're dragging the river for my body. They won't be able to find it. Why? I'll be at the Paramount. <laughs> Can't kid me this way. I'll show her who's boss. I won't forgive her till I come crawling back to her on my hands and knees. <laughs> While Alan broods over Cary Grant, let's listen to the four chicks and chucks saying that feeling in the moonlight. Did you ever get that feeling in the moonlight? That wonderful feeling that you want to be king? You're strolling in the park, the stars so bright above. You love to love somebody, but there's nobody there to love. Did you ever get that longing on a June night? That wonderful longing you can never resist. Did you ever get that feeling in the moonlight? That feeling that says you want to be king? Did you ever get that feeling in the moonlight? That you want to be kissed. Who, me? Why, sure. Sit down, kid. Calling in the park, the sky's so bright above. You love to love somebody, baby, but there's nobody there to love. Did you ever get that longing on a June night? That wonderful longing you can never resist. Did you ever get that feeling in the moon? Me reeling 
every time you say you want to be Alan has taken his quarrel with Betty pretty hard. It's the next day, and instead of working in a sign shop, he's across the street at Minnie's Meatball Palace, eating his heart out. Well, Blue Eyes, do you feel any better now you got some... <laughs> you feel any better now you got some grub in you? No, Minnie, I, I could hardly eat a thing. How much do I owe you? Let me see. Clam chowder, hamburger steak, double order french fried, four meatballs, two cups of coffee, a slice of pie. That'll be 25 cents. Yeah. Here you are. Thanks. Gee, you sure look down on the dumps. What's eating you, blue eyes? Minnie, if you had to choose between a man like me and Cary Grant, who would you choose? I'd pick a man like you. You would? Sure. When you're used to meatballs, you can't digest caviar. <laughs> oh, you've been fighting with your girl, hey? Yeah, she's been comparing me to Cary Grant. So what? You stack up all right against Cary Grant. Hmm? You got a lot of his features. Only on you, they don't look so good. <laughs> hey, why worry about Betty? Why don't you get yourself another girl? I can't get another girl. Are you kidding Statistics prove there are seven women to every man. And some guy's walking around with 14 women. <laughs> Look, let me set you straight on love, Blue Eyes. I know plenty on the subject. I'm married to a sailor. <laughs> of course, I ain't seen him in the last 27 years. You haven't seen your husband in 27 years? No, he's been in the Navy all that time. I think he ought to be out soon. I figure he's got 975 points. You don't think that, uh, well, maybe, maybe he's left you. Oh, no, he hasn't left me. He accepts my checks every week. <laughs> yeah, I got a letter from him only this morning. He's living with some friends in Paris. I think their names is, um, uh, Follies Vigier. <laughs> Sounds like a fine old French family. Yeah. <laughs> but you were going to straighten me out on love. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, Blue Eyes, all we girls want is the little courtesy. Nightclubs, mink coats, a <laughs> Occasionally a corsage of orchards. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't give Betty those things. I haven't even got $5 to take her to a nightclub. My, my luck has run out, Minnie. Look, Blue Eyes, you can't tell about luck. Mm. I was only reading in the paper this morning about some guy who bet on a horse named Jackpot and won $5,000. That always happens to the other guy. I never won a thing in my life. I couldn't even win on on this pinball machine here. Why don't you try it? Mm. Yeah, try it. I'll be right back. One of my regular customers just come in. He eats nothing but meatballs and spaghetti. Hey, chef, send out two yo-yos with plenty of string. Uh, this is a pinball machine, huh? Yeah, I'll put in a nickel here. Hmm. Ten thousand, thirty thousand, sixty thousand, three hundred thousand, six hundred and fifty thousand, nine hundred and sixty thousand. Looks like I'm gonna hit a million. But... <laughs> 
think I won. <laughs> hey, hey, Minnie. Yeah? I won on the pinball machine. Did the red lights and the blue lights flash? Yeah. And did the flag come up and start waving? Yeah. Did the machine spray confetti and ticker tape? Yeah. You won. Here's your nickel. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Blue Eyes, you see, your luck has started to change already. All I get is my nickel, man? Oh, oh, a nickel, huh? Oh, I forgot to tell you. There's also a grand prize of $5, which you get. Gee, thanks. I guess my luck is changing. Sure it is. Here's your dough. Run over and see your girl. Take her out and show her the time of her life. Good luck, kid. So long, Minnie, and thanks a lot. He's a nice boy. All he really won was a nickel, but I threw in the five bucks. And, Minnie, you're getting soft. Well, maybe it'll help him get back his girl. Gee, I'm feeling sentimental. Maybe I'll sit down here and write a letter to my husband. My darling Sam, why don't you come home, you good-for-nothing bum? Betty, will you answer that phone? I'm reading the paper. Hi, Daddy. Hello? Alan? You want to see me right away? But I have a date with Hubert tonight. What's that you say about Hubert? Will you say it again? There's a funny noise on the wire. Oh, that noise is what you're saying about Hubert. (laughs) Alan, what are you excited about? You hit the jackpot in one five. Well, if it's important, you can come over for a few minutes. Goodbye. Daddy, that was Alan. Who cares? Listen to this in the papers. What local young man won $5,000 on jackpot in the third race? Well, well... Jackpot? Five? Gee, Daddy, that's what Alan just called about. He said he hit the jackpot and won five. What do you know about that? Alan Young winning $5,000 on a horse. I should have known he was a gambler by that blank expression on his face. I always thought it was plain stupidity. Daddy, Alan is not a gambler. If he has a blank expression on his face, I'm sure it's just plain stupidity. (laughs) I'm, I'm sure that he... Come in. Why, hello, Alan. Hello, Patty. Hello, Mr. Dittenpepper. Oh, come right in, Alan, my boy. Won't you pull up a racing form and sit down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard you had a little luck today. Yeah, jackpot, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I have my eye on Golden Girl in the third race tomorrow. I'm afraid of a wet track. Do you think she's a good mudder? I didn't even know she was married. <laughs> Married? <laughs> oh, you gamblers. <laughs> well, Betty, how about you and me going out tonight to celebrate? I'll show you I can do everything Cary Grant can do. Oh, wonderful. Well, look, we better hurry if we're going to do the town. Oh, uh, all right. Daddy, when Hubert comes, will you tell him I'm sorry I had to break his date? You better tell him yourself. Here he comes now. Oh, Betty, I'm here, I'm here. Come let us dance away the night. <laughs> I'm awfully sorry, Hubert, but I can't go out with you tonight. Oh, but you must, you must, you must. <laughs> Hubert, Betty is going out with me tonight. Oh, Betty, please change your mind. I have two seats for us at the opera. Come with me, Betty, and you'll hear Martinelli from the mezzanine. Come with me, Betty, you'll hear Juke from the box. <laughs> Batty, if you go with him to a nightclub, he'll embarrass you. 
Why, he doesn't know the first thing about table manners. Oh, I don't, huh? Why, when they give him two forks, he won't know what to do with them. It just happens that I understand perfectly what to do. One fork is to eat with, and the other is to attract the attention of the waiter when he leans over the next table. <laughs> Hubert, you're wasting our time. I'm going with Alan, and that's final. But Betty, I was planning to take you to the Club 30. That's the most exclusive place in town. Ah, uh, well, I can take it to the Club 30. After all, how much can it cost? Last time I was there, my check was $85. Ah. Uh... Ah? <laughs> uh... $85 is nothing to Alan tonight. He just came into a lot of money, didn't you, Alan? Ah. <laughs> well, Alan, let's go. This is one night I'm not going to worry about prices. I'm going to order the best of everything, as long as you're there to pay the bill. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the Club 30. They say it's so modern. Indirect lighting, revolving stages, and... Well, I understand they even have an automatic dishwashing machine in the kitchen. I hope so. I sure hope so. Well, Alan's not going to feel so well when his five spot does a quick fadeaway at the nightclub. But he'll soon discover that money isn't everything. I've always dreamed of you and I at the Club 30, dancing to the exotic music of Pedro Van Steeden and his Cuban cucaracha. <laughs> oh, you danced the rumba beautifully, Alan. Uh, I've been doing the rumba ever since I was a kid. How'd you ever learn? My bicycle had a loose seat. <laughs> well, here's our table, Betty. Alan, we've been here over an hour, and I'm getting pretty hungry. Me too. We should have brought some lunch. <laughs> the food here must be the best. Don't you just love the smell of good food? Yeah. As soon as the music starts, we'll dance by the kitchen and take a deep breath. <laughs> oh, Alan, you're such a tease. Pretending that you don't want to order and all the time sitting there with a pocket full of money. Guess I should call the waiter. They have a French staff, you know. Oh, that's all right. I'll address them in French. <laughs> Oh, Garkin, Garkin. <laughs> John Darm. Bonsoir, mademoiselle. Bonsoir, monsieur. Enchanté de vous voir. Je vais vous donner une belle table près de l'orchestre, n'est-ce pas? Oh, Cresta Blanca, Cresta Blanca. Monsieur, monsieur, would you care for wine, yes? Mm. Well, for $12 dollars a bottle, we have wine from la belle France. And then, for $20 dollars a bottle, we have champagne from la belle France. Hmm. Haven't you got any coca from La Belle Cola? <laughs> Coca-Cola, monsieur, is five dollars the bottle. But that, that's outrageous! Oh, monsieur is only joking about our prices, no? Whoever comes here can afford to spend. Our minimum charge is fifty dollars. But I have only five dollars. Five dollars? But I thought you won five thousand dollars. No, but I only won five dollars. What am I going to do? Oh, monsieur, I have great sympathy for you. Huh? As long as you would not have to touch the food, I do not charge you anything. Well, I gotta confess, I did drink that bowl of soup there. Bowl of soup? Yeah. I don't mind telling you, it tasted like water. But, monsieur, you drank the finger bowl. <laughs> well, 
How was I to know? There weren't any fingers in it. <laughs> oh, monsieur, you're such a funny man. Mm -hmm. But uh, you may sit and enjoy the show for nothing. But if you order any food, it is $50. Oh, thank you very much. Murky, murky. <laughs> he certainly got you out of a scrape, Alan. Yeah, we're all right now, eh? <laughs> this is still my lucky day. Alan, look who's coming. Who is coming? It's Daddy. He's headed for this table. Oh, it's your Daddy. Gee, if he orders food, it'll cost me $50. Well, Dad's been a little worried about his weight lately. If you hint diplomatically that he might be putting on a few pounds, he probably won't order anything. Oh, okay. Here he comes now. Mm. Don't forget, Alan, be very diplomatic about his weight. Well, hello there, Betty. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Alan. Hello, fatso. <laughs> I just thought I'd drop in and join you two lovers. Ah, I see you haven't ordered yet. That's good. I'm hungry. Uh, waiter, I want the biggest steak you've got. That would be $112, monsieur. I'm not worried about the price tonight. Get me the steak. Oh. Alan, don't worry. Daddy always picks up the check. He, he does? Oh, sure. Oh, then what am I worried about? <laughs> Mr. Never have a, have a bottle of champagne, hey? Oh, thanks. I will. Uh, you know, Alan, the funniest thing happened to me tonight. Yeah? <laughs> this will kill you. It will? Ha <laughs> That Hubert Updi can't play a lick of poker, but tonight... <laughs> this will kill you. <laughs> tonight, Hubert cleaned me out and I haven't got a red cent in my pocket. <laughs> Alan, why aren't you laughing? I think it killed him. <laughs> Alan, what's the matter? There's a... Join this happy party. Hubert, look, go away, will you? I have enough trouble here. But all I want to do is buy a round of drinks. After all, I have $4,000 in my pocket. <laughs> $4,000? Sit down, kid. <laughs> Hubert, Mr. Didn't have his ordered a big steak. Would you sort of keep him company while he eats it? Oh, I'd be glad to. That's the way I like to hear you talk. Uh, Betty, let's get out of here while I still have my five dollars. Enjoy yourselves, fellas. Alan, I'm hungry. Don't worry, Betty. I know just the place. Yeah. How do you like this food, Betty? Oh, I've never tasted anything more delicious in my life. <laughs> would you, uh, would you care to have some more? <laughs> I certainly would. Okay. Hey, Minnie, make that two more yo-yos with plenty of string on them. Coming up, Blue Eyes. Thanks, Minnie.
See you next week. Good night. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 